Good afternoon, welcome back to another episode. This is John Rosenberg live from Jacksonville. On this episode, we're going to talk about what is a pastor. Um, a lot of us who go to church uh, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, uh, some of us on a yearly basis or monthly basis for that matter. A pastor is a calling upon your life. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a career. It's not a job. It's a it's a calling upon one's life. Um, can a woman be a pastor? No, she cannot. Uh, even Paul tell you that in uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. Uh, I think it starts from verse six on down to verse seven, or I think it's five to seven. He explained clearly why a woman cannot be preaching. That being said, there's a lot of pastors out there um, who are preaching um, the wrong message. Uh, preaching, you don't need a degree to be a pastor. Uh, you do not need a degree, I repeat, you do not need a degree to be a pastor. Uh, you know, a master, you know, doctorate in theology, you know. If you study your Bible consistently, you're going to have some revelation. Uh, the spiritual will lead you to the revelation, whatever you are seeking for in that Bible. And you don't need a sermon to really preach, um, you know, because it's a spiritual thing. It's not something that you, you have control over. It's something that God gave you the, the know-how, the insight for you to do. Um, a lot of those pastors, let me be objective, not all pastors are like that. And you have to be able to break down scriptures, uh, whenever you turn the TV, you watch um, t- you know those like T.G. Jakes, um, Pastor Crump, Pimp Dollar. Um, you watch um, Joe Austin, um, and you you watch those West African pastors. So there's a lot of spectacle going on. They hardly break down scriptures. Only one pastor that comes to mind would be Pastor Geno Jennings out of Philadelphia. He, there's others that break down um, scriptures. They're on YouTube. They're not really in the mainstream media. You'll find those brothers on YouTube and other website. They they go into the Bible. They break down scriptures for you to get a clear understanding where the apostles were coming from and what context they were speaking of. So that being said, a lot of those pastors, they're all about making money. And in some aspect, they're all about sleeping with your wife or your girlfriend, for that matter, or your boyfriend if you're gay. But what I'm saying is that a lot of those pastors, by and large, they don't break down scriptures. Um, they tell you Jesus loves everybody. They talk about tithing. Um, they talk about um, love thy neighbors, which is good in some instances. But you have to break down scriptures, brother. You can't be using those big terminologies where people who who didn't go to college or didn't go to high school for some for that matter, they couldn't really digest what you're talking about. You have to make it simplified. You have to simplify where a five-year-old can understand where you're coming from. That's why Jesus Christ used a lot of parables for the simple fact he want everybody to understand where he was talking about. Well, a, a child can sit, sit down in the congregation can't understand what you're talking about. That doesn't mean you water down this, you know, you water it down. You make it simple for people to kind of understand what you're saying. Most of these pastors, they use a lot of big words because they went to the cemetery school called seminary school. And when you go to the sem, uh, seminary school, 
a Bible college, they have a curriculum. The curriculum is a way for you to preach. And that's bad. That's really bad because a, a, being a pastor is a calling. It's a spiritual calling upon one's life. Because you can make an argument for Christ, you know, Yahshua, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. He never went to a Bible study school. He never went to a seminary. So I'm not really good. I'm, I don't feel great about a pastor. You try to be a pastor. You want to go to a seminary school. No, that's not what it's about. You know, you try to please the mass. You try to please people. That's not what it's about. It's a spiritual calling upon one's life. So being a pastor is a lot of responsibilities, and you have to, you know, be a shepherd to carry your flock, and your flock got to be educated. A lot of those pastors, they get caught up in the glimpse and the glory. They want to be like celebrities, and which is really bad. You can't be a pastor when you want to compare yourself to a celebrity. A celebrity is a celebrity. You are a pastor. Your main objective is, is to lead your flock to a better understanding from a spiritual standpoint and from a mentally standpoint. Because you see, a lot of time you go to church, you see that you get bored. It's the same old, same old. You know, a lot of bug dancing going on, people dancing, shouting, passing out, especially in the African church. <laughs> Let me be clear on that one. They do a lot of buffoonery, a lot of buffoonery in the African church, especially the West African. They are known to do buffoonery in their congregation. And we have it here in America, in the Caribbean, where you see a lot of those pastors, you know, they do those um, evangelical, just touching somebody, the person just pass out. Really? You just touch somebody, they, pa they pass out? Come on, that's not, that's not, that's a spectacle, man. You know, the person, you know, was was sick, then automatically they heal. Now it can it can it can be done. I'm not saying it cannot be done. It can be done, but they have make it a spectacle where it's overwhelming. When you watch it on YouTube or you watch it live on TV or you watch it live in person, you see like dude, dude, this guy came here. You know, you know he got broken leg. Oh really? And now he jumping around doing jumping jacks. I'm not buying this. You need more people. I need more proof. I need more receipts. I'm not buying this spectacle. So for most pastors out there nowadays, they're all about making money. It's not, it's not about preaching, you know, teaching the people anything. And the, the black church, especially 95% of the congregation is women, single women. And let's be clear on that. 40 years ago, 30 years ago, it was not like that. Because the feminist movement have really decimated the black family you can argue you or if you're a feminist you're gonna be you know like well what the hell he's talking about go look at the stats from 1960 to now look at the black family structure ever since the 1970s with the feminist movement it really damaged the core of the black family you can argue you can disagree all you want but those facts are there you can't refute the facts so in a black church the women won the church for the most part. And those pastors, they, they've been seduced by those women. And they can't keep their wee-wee in their pants. Let's be clear on that. They, they're having sex with the little boys. They're having sex with the girls. They're having sex with the grown, with the ladies in there. And I tell people, we men, we let's, let's talk as men here. You know, when you're around single women who have not had sex in months and years for some, in some cases... And you're a single pastor, I mean, that's a lot of temptation, okay? 
And these women, they, they dress, for, by and large, they dress very provocatively. They're wearing thongs. They're wearing see-through dress. They're wearing their breasts. Their cleavage are all out. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a lot of stuff. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff. You take a strong man. Even me, I will not be able to, to be doing that because I know that. I don't want to be in that environment because I know myself. So I'm keeping it 1,000 with you guys. I know myself. I know I'm going to smash a couple in there. But I would not put myself in that predicament because I'm not going to be in a church like that. If, me, if I was the head of a church, most of these young girls, hey, you got to go, you know, it's the elderly got to sit in the front. I would not put any young woman in the front. You Young women sit in the back. The elderly, the elders should be sitting in the front. And that's where a lot of pastors went wrong. When you're in a church where 95% of your congregation are single women, there's going to be temptation there. There's going to be a lot of temptation, especially for a single pastor. Even a, a pastor who's married, there's going to be temptation there. You got to be a strong brother. You got to be strong. I mean, very strong spiritually and mentally. You got to be strong to, to overcome those temptations. You know, a woman wearing a short dress, you know, especially if she have a nice body. A lot of those sisters are built, especially in the South, you know, they were all built, man. I mean, when, when they're dressed up, I mean, on the Easter Sunday, woo-wee. I'm telling you, these sisters out there, they're working out now. They're eating good. They're in the gym working out. And they wear those short dress, thong out, asses all out, titties out. It take a strong... Brothers know, brothers know what I'm talking about. It take a really strong man not to smash a couple of them. It take a strong man... And if a brother smash, you can't really blame him because the temptation is too high for them. And then plus, you cannot put those women in the front row. You know, you have to put them in the back. You have to put them in the back. Here's another thing a lot of those uh, pastors does. Not every one of them, but most of them. Like, they like to discuss people's problem in the pulpit, which is bad. When you counsel somebody, especially in the West African church, West African church are known for doing that stuff. They will counsel uh, people, then they use the same thing as bait to go on the pulpit and preach about it, which is demonic, which is bad. You cannot counsel somebody and take their business, their personal business, to the congregation. You don't. That's not a good way to do to counsel people. Consultation. You should not even discuss it with nobody, including your wife. You should not discuss anything that goes on to that consultation. That's between you and that couple or you and that person. And West African pastors are known for doing that. And I've dealt with them personally. They have done it to me. So I'm speaking from experience. Okay? I'm speaking from experience. I'm not making this thing up. God knows I'm, I'm telling the truth. But a lot of those pastors, they are known for doing that. Especially in the black church. They are known for doing stuff like that. With the women pastors, I'll do a pastor, uh, uh, episode. I did. I already did one uh, woman pastor already. These women pastors, most of them are their husband or the pastor of the church. So they're co-pastoring, pretty much. And which is another bad... A woman should not be, you know, preaching, you know, in the church. You know, breaking down scriptures. No, God never designed to be like that. You're taking everything out of order. That's not how God wanted it to be. If God, if God wanted it to be like that, he would have done it like that. A woman should be silenced in the church. If anything, according to the scripture, she, she needs to consult her 
husband, her spouse, not to go out there and go in the pulpit and start breaking down scriptures. You know, Paul, Apostle Paul talked about it in the fortune chapter in the Corinthians. So you can go look it up. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. But being a pastor is a spiritual calling. I can't even stress it so much. It's a spiritual calling. You don't have to go get a doctorate in theology. That's what you've been told in, in cemetery school. You don't need a, a doctorate in As long as you study your Bible and you let the Spirit lead you, and if that's your calling, it will manifest. It will manifest in due time. You know, you don't have to go to uh, cemetery school to learn about the Bible. The Bible is, is self-explanatory. And it's not any like any other book. You have to be able to let the Spirit, it's a spiritual thing. You have to let the Spirit lead you in the right direction. A lot of those pastors, they get a lot of money. And a lot of them, they can't really break down scriptures because they have not let the Spirit lead them. They always write their own sermon, which is bad. I'm really against that a pastor writing his own sermon because now you're doing your own thing. You're not letting the Spirit lead you. So that's why there's a lot of buffoonery going on, going on in the church. And secondly, when you look at the congregation, they're not being fed properly. They're not being fed the proper you know, breakdown of the scriptures. So for them to get an understanding and an understanding where the pastor is coming from or where the scripture or the apostle is coming from. So a lot of those churches, there's a lot of spectacle going on. It's like going to a comedy show nowadays. People are twerking in the church. There's a lot of things going on. And the gay stuff is very prominent in the church. Homosexual have, in the black church, have taken over. Most of your choir members, your singers, are homosexual. Let's be clear on that. It's not a taboo anymore. It's in your face. Okay? It's not a taboo. That used to be a taboo back in the days. But nowadays, most of your choir directors, even some of your pastors are homosexual. They're having sex with little boys in the church. In case in print, 80 long. You know, 80 long. Even though the brother had passed, but <laughs> that's the truth. He had an affair with those boys, and he mentored those boys for decades. And he was having sex with those boys, according to their testimony. So that being said, being a pastor is not a game, it's not a career, it's not a is a calling. A lot of these guys they turn pastorship to a, a, a career. <laughs> it's not no, you you have to have your career, then you have to differentiate between your career and being a pastor. You can't just conflict the two. They are two different entities. Being a pastor and having a career is totally different. You can't put them in the same thing. And all those African pastors. They think being a pastor is a career. It's a job. It's like going to McDonald's getting a job. No. <laughs> that's a no. And that's why you see a lot of people don't want to go to the church. Because the church has become a circus nowadays. It has become a circus. Especially in the black church. In the West African church. It has become a circus. A spectacle. And then that's why I don't go to church. You asked me right. I grew up in the church. I grew up as a Baptist. My mother was a missionary. I have two of my uncles. They were, were pastors. One passed away. The other one's still alive. But what I'm saying is that I've seen this movie before. Because a lot of those pastors, they don't break down scriptures. That's why a lot of people are dumb and stupid in the church. They don't learn anything. 
Your person been going to church for 40 years, they cannot break down one or two scriptures down. They can't break down those scriptures because they have not been fed properly. It's just like a, a, a flock of sheep. If you don't take care of your sheep as a shepherd, your, your sheep not gonna be, they're not going to be strong. They're not going to be strong at all. They're going to be weak, spiritually and mentally weak. Your congregation is your flock. Your congregation is your flock. I can't even stress it. That's your flock. You must feed them with the proper nutrients. You have to feed them with the proper scriptures and break down the scriptures for them to get an understanding and overstanding where the apostles coming from in the in those uh, uh, in what context is speaking from. You have is it's it is imperative that you break down the scriptures to your congregation. It is imperative. You have to break it down. That's why you see 95% of your church, black church are women. Because the men, they get turned off. The men, they get turned off. They don't want to go to the church anymore. Because they see that there's a lot of homosexual in the church. Single women in the church sleeping with the pastors. Vice versa. The pastors chasing out those, uh, those, uh, those women. Having sex with them. And you have seen, I'm not going to go into detail, you have seen a lot of those churches break down because of that. Affairs in the church, the pastor sleeping with the choir member, with the, you know, with the, uh, you know, they sleeping, having sex, in some cases having orgies with some of those women in there. And I told the women are dressing provocatively, and that's not to give you a green light to go smash, but you have to respect it as a, as a lady. You have to be covered. You can't be you know, all your titties out. Nobody want to see your thong but your husband. Or your, nobody want to see your thong. And you should not be wearing thong to church to start with. Let's be clear. And if you're going to wear a thong, make sure you wear something that's really thick that's going to cover your butt so nobody can see that coming. And we know, man, we horny 24-7. Let's not kid ourselves. Men are horny 24-7. I don't care whether it's in church, whether it's at Mickey D's, whether it's at your job, we are horny 24-7. Let's be clear on that. And some of you guys, women are horny most of the time. Okay? So when you dress provocatively, you give a bad perception of the who you are, who you really are. You may not be a thought, but <laughs> people are going to look at you like a thought. Because your your perception, the way you dress, you know, your dress code have to be in check. That it's something for the men's. You can't dress anyhow going to the church. Now, granted, if you're new to the faith, you just got saved. I get it. Hey, come as you are. As time progresses, you have to rearrange your clothing. You have to be. You have to present yourself. It's like somebody calling for a job. Okay, you go there. With a t-shirt and some flip-flops. Do you think that employer gonna hire you? You wearing a flip-flop or you wearing a thong with a see-through dress and your titties out? You think that employer gonna hire you? More than likely, they're not gonna hire you because your presentation was off. Forget about your degrees, forget about your experience, your expertise. They are not gonna hire you based on your dress code. And if you're going to go to church, you have to dress a certain way. And that goes for the both male and the female. Especially if you are saved, if you are so-called Christian or believer. If that's a title you go by, Christian, you're so-called Christian. Don't kid yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. 
You, nobody's perfect. We all have, let's be clear on that, myself included. I'm not perfect. I'm just saying my perspective of what a pastor should be. But what I'm saying is, we all have skeletons in our closet. Let's be clear on that. But if you're going to go to church and congregate with other people, you have to dress a certain way. You cannot dress like you're going to the club or you're going to a strip joint. You can't dress like that. That is for the ladies primarily and the men too. But the ladies have to dress a certain way. You got to be covered up. Nobody want to see your thong. Nobody want to see your breasts. Nobody want to see it. Doesn't they? The kids don't want to see that at church. Especially at church. I don't mind kids seeing that at Walmart. And I've seen it at Walmart on the daily. This woman wearing spandex with no, no, no bra on, no drawers on. They're in there walking around, flaring their stuff. And there's children out there look, seeing all that stuff. You have to dress appropriately, wherever you may be. Whether you're at a concert, whether you have a, you know. Now, if you're in your house, hey, you're at your house, you want to walk butt naked if you're a nudist. You want to walk with your thong, your G-string. Hey, knock yourself out. You're home. You can do whatever you please. You can walk butt naked if you want. But you're not home. You're in public. You're in a public space. You have to respect yourself for people to respect you. If you don't respect yourself, nobody's going to respect you. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. I, those are irre- irrelevant. You must respect yourself for people to respect you. A lot of women say, yeah, I can dress how I want to dress. That's the feminine mindset. No, you cannot. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, because you're just provocative, it's, it's okay for a guy to rape you. No, I'm not saying that. That'll be, that'll be, I'll be oxymoron to say that. But you have to respect yourself as a lady, as a woman. You have to dress a certain way for you to, to get that respect. When you dress like a Tatiana, listen, man, I'm telling you, nobody's going to respect you. Even though you might not be a thought, but that, that's the perception you give people. They're like, what is she? Is she a respectable woman or is she a Tatiana? More than likely, that's the perception you're going to bestow on yourself out there in the streets. So, being a pastor, like I said before, it's a calling upon one's life. It's not a career. It's not a job. It's a calling. And you have to be humble to take on that calling. It's not for everybody. It's not for, I repeat, it's not for everybody. Being a pastor is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So Sometimes you have to be humble. You know, you have, it takes a tough person to, to really take on that task. It's not for everybody. It's not, you know, some people say, I went to cemetery school, a.k.a. seminary school. Oh, I went to seminary school. I got my uh, doctorate in theology. Nigga, please. I, I can care less. You got your doctorate in theology. I'm not impressed. Can you break down scriptures? <laughs> Until then, I'm not impressed. Can you break down scripture, brother? You break down scriptures for a five-year-old can understand it. Then I'm like, okay, he got something going for himself. Don't give me all this Versace, Louis, all that stuff. I don't care about your brands. I can care less about what kind of car you drive, where you live at. Those are not important. Now, granted, if you work hard for it, you obtain those things. Good kudos to you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not going to be envious because I'm not a weak-minded person. But you have a lot of weak-minded people in the, in the world nowadays. They're quick to envy you 
just other stuff that you, you, you own, whether it's a car, clothing, whatever it may be, a house, a job. Or, you know, they envy you because of those things. Those are weak-minded people. They're very weak-minded. So I'm not that kind of person. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, caught, I'm caught from a different cloth. I'm not that kind of person. So being a pastor is a calling upon one's life. That's what I got to say about being a pastor's. And that's why you see most people don't go to church, especially the men. Because we've been turned off for a long time. Women preaching, I'm not going to that church. You know, most of you women dressing like they're going to the strip club. I'm not going to that church. It's a buffoonery. It's a spectacle. So if you guys want to talk about this subject, being a pastor, what, what does it take to be a pastor? I want to hear your perspective on it. Call in. We can discuss it. This is John signing off from Duval County, Florida. Take care. Bye-bye.